Simply Abundant Intuitive Hour, The Journey of Attachment, a special series that takes a deep dive into the topic of insecure attachment and why you can't let go. Here's Tracy Crossley. Before we start today's podcast, I wanted to share some comments from some of Tracy's clients that have worked with her in both group coaching situations and one-on-one coaching. And to reach out to Tracy for a discovery session, please email her at happiness at tracycrossley.com. That's happiness at tracycrossley.com. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. The real story is that Tracy saved my butt. It's been an amazing opportunity for me. So I feel like if I can make growth from it, I know anyone can. It's the best investment I've ever made in myself. It way beats a Greek holiday, and I love my Greek holidays. And thank you so much for um, uh, all the work in the session and the Marco Polo to help me. So, Tracy, you're awesome. Thank you. Bye-bye. It's just been, it's just been amazing. And I just, if anyone's even thinking about it, do it. Even if you're just thinking about it, just do it. Just go there. You know, just, just do it for yourself. Greetings, how y'all doing? I am doing my second recording of this because I did not press the record button and I recorded this whole entire thing all on play. Yes. So, maybe it'll go faster this time. I don't know. I think it landed at about 40 minutes or something. So, you guys should be uh, happy that it'll be short and hopefully full of information you can use. This is number 439. Journey of attachment, insecure attachment affects your job and money too. So real quick, for those of you out there listening, what is your plan for change? What is it that is going to be different this year compared to last year? How are you making things different? What are you doing to grow? So a lot of us will think through this. A lot of us will listen to the podcast a bunch of times. We'll read books. We'll do all the things as far as passively listening or as my coach calls it consuming information rather than taking emotionally risky action. Emotionally risky action is hard to take when you don't know what it is you're doing in the first place. And if you can't see things inside of you that are actually standing in the way of what it is you want to do, we can look successful on the outside, but on the inside, it's a whole different feeling. And most people that are overachievers, which many of you are, you tend to be building a facade that might look good. Oh, wow, look at I've achieved all these things in my career. But yet, I have all of this, meaning emptiness and space in between that caricature or that facade I built and who I really am. And that has to do with insecure attachment, right? So if you need help, which I believe this work that I do is extraordinarily helpful and transformative, I'm sure you've seen videos and testimonials from other people who have worked with me that it changes your life and it changes your life permanently because you don't have to keep revisiting it. One of the things with smart people is that we tend to compartmentalize a lot of what we are feeling and then we think we're in control of our emotions. But really all we've done is bury them and then they'll just pop out at some other inopportune moment, right? Which that sucks. So Anyways, just wanted to mention that. And if you're interested in a discovery session with me or somebody on my team, please put on an email, happiness at tracycrossley.com, what it is that you need help with. And 
what your preference is. I have different programs on my website, and so it's really helpful if you do that, tracycrossley.com. If not, just say help, I need help, and someone will answer you. I promise. Okay. Overachievers make up a lot of anxious avoidant and avoidant styles of attachment. And this is all about how insecure attachment affects your job and your money. It affects your time and your energy. It affects all of it, not just your relationships or lack of a relationship. So most of us have a fear of upsetting the apple cart with others at work. We don't want to seem confrontational or will only be confrontational when we know that we could be confrontational, let's say, for a moment because we've got all the ammunition, we've got all the facts, we've got all of something that says, no, I can stand on the higher ground and I can be confrontational with you. The problem with that is it's hollow, right? So when you're anxious, you don't really have the balls to be confrontational because you're very afraid of becoming more anxious or losing. Uh, those of us that have avoidant tendencies in there, we may cut off emotionally from ourselves to be confrontational. So we might totally be in our head strategizing how we're going to be confrontational and win. So I never would engage with people when there was an argument unless I was completely sure that I had all the information because I couldn't stand the shame that I would feel if I was wrong. So when <laughs> you have insecure attachment issues, my friends, it shows up at work. It does. You might... You, not might. I was going to say you might. No, you do. You have fear. And that makes it a preoccupation at work. It can have you distracted. Not only because you fear being found out, like I talked with imposter syndrome last week, you fear doing something wrong. And so you're always on the lookout for where a problem can erupt. You need everything to be okay. What did your boss just say? Oh, they want to see you. And then your stomach drops to the floor, right? Oh, shit, what did I do wrong? It's not immediately, oh, what did I do right? It's what did I do wrong? Or maybe you have a client that says they want an unexpected meeting with you. So you go into an internal panic. Oh, my God, they want to get rid of me. Oh, shit, oh, shit. Or you fear negative feedback from them. But you assume that it is exactly what you will always get is that negative before the positive. Because insecurely attached people, we don't have the self-value, even if we perform like crazy. And I don't care if you're a doctor or you're a president or you run a country. I don't care. It is basically the same shit. A lot of people are great at hiding their insecurities and their insecure attachment. But I will tell you that those of us who react or overreact to any kind of criticism or any kind of negative feedback, have deep insecurities associated with attachment issues from when we were children. So you struggle with your time. Perhaps you can't say no. I mean, I lived most of these things, by the way. Your plate can be totally full, and you're going to add to that plate anyway. You're superman or superwoman. You'll just stay late. I used to get kind of excited by it, like, ooh, I'm challenged. I'm going to love this. But it was so empty because it had no meaning in the end. And when you go over the top like that and you stay late, are you happy about it? No, you're usually ending up resentful at some point, especially if you're not getting compensated in some way or valued in some way. You can totally feel like, what the fuck am I doing? But you can't stop because you're afraid to because now you're that person and you wear that label. Oh, so-and-so will do it. So-and-so will do it. Because you don't know who else to be and you've trained everybody that you will do this. And what you're probably waiting for is someone to notice you. 
and all you do. But at the bottom of it, you fear other people's criticisms, like I said, and you fear letting them down. And those things are at the top of the list and those supersede everything else. Because if you're doing it all and you're feeling like you deserve praise, validation, or something which says you're superior, then you're going to vacillate between being anxious and worrying that you're not liked or someone who could be promoted or that your clients might easily dump you and perhaps say, fuck it. And looking for somewhere else to land is something you might actually do. Yeah, a lot of us will do that, right? We've got one foot out the door already. Okay, maybe I need to go somewhere else. That's avoidance. Oh, yeah. I have one foot in this job and one foot out. Even your own business you'll do this with. Maybe I need to go start a different kind of business. Uh Uh-huh. So what happens is you can stay looking or you stay stuck or you just stay stuck emotionally no matter if you physically move on. But you make a choice about staying or going when you're (laughs) you're sitting there and you're going, I can't take this anymore. Because you have no boundaries. And so you think by making the choice of staying or going that somehow that's going to lend to you having boundaries and you not putting so much on your plate, but you take that cycle wherever you go, right? Or you take your resentment wherever you go. But the thing is, we're insecurely attached, so we don't have a good sense of ourselves. Even if you have a great talent, you could have the best talent in the world. You still, when it comes to insecure attachment, you don't have the confidence that you're okay because you breathe. You might feel you're okay because you can perform this talent, but you don't have that confidence deep down inside. So anyways, your commitment is what other people think of you. You are constantly judging, strategizing, and hoping you have the best next thing, which everyone will think is amazing as well. And what about those who quietly think they're superior to everybody? They don't say it out loud, or at least that their other coworker or their boss. Oh yeah, I've got the dumbest boss. He's so stupid. Or my coworker is such an idiot. They don't shut up. All they do is talk, talk, talk all day long. They don't get any work done, blah, blah, blah. Or even a partner in business. I've got a lazy partner. My partner doesn't do anything. It's all me. I do everything. I'm so goddamn wonderful. Yeah. So you might focus on that stupidity, laziness, or some other perceived problem. How does that help you be successful? It does not help you be successful. It does not help you be successful. It never leads to success inside or outside. You do not feel better. It costs you money. Money you could be making now and money in the future because your whole opportunity is tied up in your focus on what someone else is doing or not doing that you can't control anyway. So distrusting others and their motivation is a part of this. And seriously, again, how much time do you spend trying to outthink someone who may not even be thinking what you think they are thinking? Oh, that's a big one. And this can lead to negative feelings, a feeling of you or them being temporary, never having both feet in because you're trying to stay one step ahead so no one gets the best of you or finds out you're stupid or less than, you know, the whole imposter syndrome, right? Or whatever you fear being found out. This is such a major cost in your career. You waste a lot of time and energy and sometimes you waste it because you're in the wrong career. You waste it because you're doing things to sabotage your own progression. So you, if you're focused on all this other shit that has nothing to do, let's say if you have a business with bringing in revenue, okay, and you're tied up in all of it, what are you doing? You're in a comfort zone of standing still. You're in a comfort zone of going nowhere, okay? So what if you work for somebody? What if you're in sales? It's the same thing. What if you're in management and you micromanage other people? Oh my God, what a waste of fucking time, right? But I used to do that. And so I I get it. 
and I went to the other extreme where I didn't really give any kind of guidelines and trusted everybody was going to do the job that, you know, they were supposed to do, letting them figure it out. And that was a disaster for my business. I've had other businesses, by the way, this isn't my first business. And so, you know, these were the things and how much did it cost me to be a ship with no rudder? It cost me a lot. It cost me money, time, and position. A lot of times you don't get promoted because you're constantly stuck in being numb, being distracted, being afraid, not going with what it is you're to do, being the rebel. Oh, I was the rebel. Oh, yeah. What the fuck? I'm doing this job and it should be done this way, not that way. So it can sound like you're a people pleaser, a perfectionist and a manipulator at work. And yes, so these are all things that are related to insecure attachment. It also sounds like you might have underlying anger, but what if what you think is important at work is not important to others and that you actually don't do what is expected of you because you think what your goal is happens to be more important. Like I'm saying, like you might think the systems are stupid or why are we working on this project or it should be done this way and stop telling me to do it that way. And so we get stuck in that and we don't realize that we cause ourselves so much pain and agony because we stay stuck. We're not moving on. Our career is not progressing, right? So what if it means you place this project or thing you're working on is more important? It means that you are then the only one working on it and then you're stuck, right? Because if you're the only one working on it because now you've decided it's going to be done a different way, then you've just put more on your plate, which is a great distraction, right? But you got to know what is it you're winning? What are you doing? What is driving you? And what about those of you who also feel stuck in your career? Maybe you want to start a business or do something totally different or work somewhere else and you put it off and you think someday, 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 something's going to change and I'm going to be able to do that or I'm going to learn or I'm going to grow. And then my fairy godmother is going to say, now you can start a business. Bullshit. You want to start a business? Start it now. You got a job? Start it. Seriously? Start it. If you are waiting for anything at all, you can call me up and you can message me and I'm going to tell you what you need to do. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've also held positions of management in corporate America. My last position was as a vice president in an advertising agency. I'm not throwing it around. I did all this without a degree, by the way. Um, I got my, my, my degree after I was out of corporate America. And the reason I say that is you can do anything you want, but you've got to have some kind of belief that you can do it. Whenever you're waiting, which is such a, a part of when I teach, teach, excuse me, when I work with people in insecure attachment issues and relationships, there's this idea of waiting. And we do it at work, too. We do it about our goals, our life. And it's sad. So you stay stuck. And it's familiar. Because you're afraid of the unfamiliar. You're afraid of taking chances. You're afraid of success or failure. And that goes back to you lack that secure attachment. So you don't want to know the truth. You just want appearances to be whatever it looks like it's okay. Well, that doesn't look okay for me to start a business. Oh my God, what are people going to think? Well, nobody's giving me permission yet. Nobody would ever say that, but that's kind of what a lot of people do that have insecure attachment issues. Being stuck in the same job for 40 years that you hate. What is that? That's insecure attachment. It's like being stuck in a dysfunctional relationship, right? So being stuck also refers to how you carefully communicate. You strategize everything so that you believe you're controlling what others think and believe about you. You do this from a place of fear of them finding out that you somehow suck or somehow they're going to say, get out. We don't want you here. You suck. Okay. 
So you can also be stuck not wanting to be a team player and constantly find reasons to work by yourself. High avoidance, right? I used to do that. When I was uh, managing four offices, <laughs> I, I always found a way to shut my office door. My, I mean, I never got work done when I was in management because people were always in and out of my office. But I would try and shut my door. And, um, and then I was always so bored because I never felt really challenged. <clears throat> because as somebody who's an entrepreneur, I'm used to doing so many things. And for me, when I was working in corporate America... It always felt very limiting as far as what I could do. And of course, I was always rebelling because that's what I did because I was an avoidant and I also didn't have self-worth. So I was waiting for somebody to find that out, right? So <clears throat> you stay stuck in a career that doesn't serve you, right, at a deeper level. And maybe it's just a paycheck or it's the prestige because you have a title. You believe you garner that from your role at work. I had a client who basically worked with heads of states, um, he was in a different country, and he worked with all these different people in different governments around the world, and he really didn't want to give that up, but he hated how he felt, and he wanted to do something that would actually help human beings, right? And it was super hard for him to want to give up the prestige that he had and the money, not that he would have had to anyways, but it was the fear, and it was the same thing that kept him married to somebody that he wasn't in love with and had him have a girlfriend and then he separated, but he still couldn't get divorced, you know? And so, and I've had more than one client like this, right? Where it's on the outside, wow, that looks great. That looks awesome. On the inside, there's all this anxiety and fear and you, the judgment, oh my God, don't judge me, don't criticize me. And then you constantly are, right? So you got to look at what are you waiting for? Well, when you have insecure attachment, you're waiting to feel better. You know? So you can stay in a super dysfunctional work environment where someone could be borderline abusive to you. Why would you choose that or want that? Because insecure attachment is soul sucking. That's why. And it can have us flailing everywhere in our lives. There could also be a feeling that whatever the rules are at work or the expectations that exist are wrong to you. Like I said about a shitty system, right? Oh, I don't like that system. So you may think you're solving a problem, but it may be a problem no one asked to be solved. And so in a sense, you are sabotaging yourself because you're trying to stay outside the program of what's asked of you at your job. And maybe that makes you have to look for jobs all the time. Maybe you're always out of a job because people go, okay, this person isn't doing what we ask them and we don't want them and great, they're smart and they can do all sorts of things, but they don't do what we need. What about overachievers? And they disregard their personal life completely, right? It's like, I have what looks like a personal life. Maybe I have a husband or a wife, but I'm never there or I'm emotionally checked out or when I'm home, I'm always working. And so there's this idea that it looks okay, but it's empty because there's an avoidant that's doing this right? And doesn't want emotional intimacy, but feels like shit all the time. Maybe they go and they find somebody else to be with. And that's outside their marriage because they're not dealing with themselves. Okay, so you got to deal with yourself. Otherwise, what are you doing? Well, you're probably not living the life that's making you happy. So a lot of us will look for other pursuits and other things to fill in the blanks. But the truth is, until you deal with your insecure attachment issues, you're just running from one fire hydrant to another. So unfulfilled, no matter what, you aim to accomplish because the goals in your head are meant to someday and somehow fulfill you. This is what we do. We get in this whole mental place of, well, I'm going to do this. And if I do this, then it's going to make me happy and I'm going to feel fulfilled. And then you get there and you don't feel any 
different. There's a complete avoidance of your true feelings and who you are authentically and the lack of deep connection. It looks like connection to the outside maybe, but the inside doesn't feel connected. So what else? How about those of you who are overwhelmed all the time? Oh my Lord, right? You are afraid to fail and really afraid to succeed. Even if it looks like you're successful, you got that little demon fear who lives in you waiting for the moment you're found out. Better to stay overwhelmed and looking like you're always working rather than simplifying and engaging others in solutions, right? Yep, you really are at the heart of your overwhelm, but you use it as an excuse. It's an excuse to not go out to dinner. It's an excuse to be anywhere else other than where you are. You can distract, avoid, and numb out because maybe you let everything pile up so it is overwhelming at the last moment and it's like, oh my God, I got to work on this for the next 24 hours and you beat yourself up all the way, but that's what you do. And maybe you even kind of get excited about the challenge ahead of, can I do it? Can I get it done in that short period of time? Yeah, that's a lack of value in yourself. Why would you do that to yourself unless you don't love yourself? This costs you opportunity, peace, happiness, motivation, and motivation is not drive. Drive is when you're trying to prove yourself. Motivation comes from creativity, love, happiness, expansion. Drive comes from I'm not good enough and I need to overachieve so that you accept me. So doing what you really want to do is not just an emotional cost or yeah, it's not like all of these things, this cost, these opportunities, all of this shit is costing you all of that, all of that good. It's not just emotional. It's also financial. It is a cost based on fear. It costs you everything because you're not seeing how you are stagnating. Even if you're achieving, I guarantee you are stuck in the same pattern over and over. You're like autopilot. Even if you go and start a hundred different businesses, I guarantee it's all a pattern. I guarantee everything you do is still a pattern. When you have insecure attachment issues and you have an emptiness inside and you're driven and not motivated to fill it. Yeah. You like that? That was intense, right? All right. So what are some examples? Well, I had a client who was super successful and he had all sorts of people wanting to do deals with him and he got burnt out on it and he said wow I used to get excited but then I realized it was empty every time we get to the top of the mountain like we go to the top of the mountain and then it would be like nothing it would be no big deal let's go on to the next thing but then he realized just going on to the next thing never solved his issue he never felt better uh, another client who worked with somebody who was abusive towards her. Her boss was, and she was in sales, and he would yell and scream and, you know, get all ugly and not a very happy person. And so when she started going in there without feeling like uh, she was going to be attacked, because she always felt like she was going to be attacked, and that pretty much set up the circumstances for her to be attacked. But anyways, when she stopped doing that, it actually changed the whole energy of their relationship. But she was afraid to leave there. It was like she was in a dysfunctional relationship with this person for years. And she had tons of anxiety. But it was the attachment, right? So even when she started acting differently, she was really scared. It was really hard for her to be neutral and not have a preconceived notion about what this person was going to do. Um, me, an example was <laughs> I used to avoid opening emails. And how I did everything to avoid that, right? Oh, my God, are they going to tell me something I don't want to hear? I can't handle that. What if they criticize me? What if they say something that's nasty? Oh, no, what if, what if, what if? I couldn't handle it. And that, my friends, are examples of what I'm talking about, okay? Call to action. 
Keep letting insecure attachment bullshit cost you time, money, well-being, and opportunities, or start taking courageous action in your work now. Capital letters, now. All right, so hey, hey, got a story, right? Yep, so me. Okay, so my story is how much <laughs> I spent allowing my personal crap to be affecting my work life and, and other things. So I would be in a fine place, like totally numb, totally compartmentalized, doing my thing. And then I'd get in an attached relationship and all everything would go to hell in a handbasket. My whole focus at work would be about this person, about the next time I'm going to see him, if I'm going to see him, having anxiety, I'm not eating, I'm not sleeping, I'm not functioning, right? And it would, all of this attachment would just destroy my ability to focus, to concentrate. I felt worthless. My value was tied up in it. I looked like I could do the work. I looked like I could function, but I wasn't. I was crawling through things emotionally. I would rather have stayed in bed than gone and seen a client. You know, I always had clients because I was in sales and marketing when I was in corporate. And, and then when I had my own business, because I, as I said, I've had other businesses, I didn't understand this whole loop. I didn't understand insecure attachment back then. I had no idea what it was. So I didn't really realize where all of this was coming from. And I just thought, what the fuck is wrong with me? I actually feared being in a relationship because I thought it would just fuck up my whole work life. So that was one aspect. And I also did this thing where I always said nobody intimidated me. And I would call on CEOs of major companies and I would always go to the top, right? And then when I was in these insecure attachment situations... And I couldn't function very well, or I kind of sort of functioned, then I would feel even worse because then I wasn't living up to my own, uh, what do you call it, my, my own press on, oh, I'm this person who can do this. And then I couldn't. And I would feel even worse when I was in charge of people on another note outside of my attached relationships, but just being single and burying myself in intellectual work because that's what I did. And it's intellectual work that went nowhere. It wasn't like it took my career and it took off. It was intellectual busy work so I could avoid my feelings because I was a true freaking avoidant. I was the avoidant on steroids. Anyway, so I would look at other people that I was in charge of at times. And I got better over the years. Like there were people that... I, I, when I was training salespeople, I actually won sales awards and stuff. And I was very patient and I was actually in a really good place with myself. <laughs> of course, I wasn't in a relationship. I was longing or pining away for someone. I remember that. And I, I had a lot of patience and I was teaching people and the people that I, I trained, I'm still in contact with, and they've gone on to way bigger and better things which is amazing. Like they made careers out of it. Right. So anyways, when I was though, m you know, managing different offices and if people weren't performing, oh my God, that was just not a good thing for them. And I would, you know, use that. I didn't ever really realize it at the time to feel superior and they were inferior. And I really didn't get my attitude because I thought I'm a people pleaser. You know, I'm always nice. But I, I wasn't like if somebody fucked up and then they'd want to give me an excuse and I'd be like, I don't want to hear an excuse. I just want you to tell me how you're going to fix it. Right. But I had a tone. 
and I was a bitch. <laughs> I know I was. I know I was because I was pissed because I can remember that I was pissed. But my whole big point was I never felt fulfilled. And I fit all the criteria I mentioned in the introduction, okay? I was a total workaholic, and I tried hard all the time, but I could never relax, and I always thought I knew better than my bosses did. I always thought I had a better and different way. I would not, I was not somebody who stayed very long, except when I worked with my dad's company, that I could move on because I didn't have the self-confidence to believe that another company would hire me. And so I I stayed there under terms that really nobody should have worked under. It was it was not nice. It was not good. My dad basically treated me as though I was always doing something wrong and I didn't have any respect. And, you know, there was all sorts of harassment and other things that happened. And I had stayed there a long time. And um, so that, you know, like I'm kind of skipping around, just sharing different moments Um, you know, another time when I worked for my dad again, after I got divorced, I started my own business while I was working for my dad and, you know, he, because of how I was treated and that was, I was way more avoidant at that point. I was just like, move on, move on, move on. Right. And I wasn't, I I was always avoiding my emotions. And so my point is I moved on and I did these things. It did nothing for me in growing my bottom line. Like it did nothing. Oh, wow. I just had a nice epiphany. (laughs) It really didn't do anything for me in growing and being successful, growing financially, growing my career, sticking with something. My business that I've had for 12 years, this is the longest I've ever done anything ever. Okay. But it really was, I never did. I was always repeating the same cycle. Like I never get to a place of, oh, look, I'm successful and then build on it. Like I'd be successful and then I'd lose everything or I'd be successful and then I would somehow sabotage it. I never had the value in myself. I'd get bored, right? So I was empty and it was just a constant cycle. And I didn't see how I was. And I I see now, right? I saw earlier than now because it hasn't been like, you know, I haven't been doing this still, but I did it for years. So anyways, happy ending is I don't drive myself this way. My whole relationship with business and money has changed a lot. And the way that I was insecurely attached in my personal life when it stopped bleeding out into my professional life, it changed things at least bit by bit. It wasn't overnight. And sometimes like when I have a moment of doubt or I'm doing something new, like I joined a business coaching program this year, and this is a completely different experience for me from other business coaching I've done in the past. And the reason being is I totally believe in the coach and I actually believe in myself. And it's challenging me to step up in ways that avoidant me in past was always trying to find reasons why my business coach wasn't working. Oh, that's not working for me. You know, my business coach isn't really a good business coach. Okay, I got to move on. And instead, it's like this time, it's such a different, it's so different when you have both feet in. And it. I imagine that people that commit to coaching with me feel the same way when they start coaching and their life starts changing. Because I'll do discovery sessions with people and I hear their stories and I think, yeah, their story is going to stay the same. And, you know, five years from now, maybe it'll be a different person that they're 
stuck on, or maybe it'll be a different situation and they'll still never have figured out what it is because as avoidance, we'll keep avoiding and we'll keep our self-value at the same level, right? We'll never move it up. We'll never move on. And I'm not saying that people don't go get help somewhere else because I'm sure they do, but there's a lot of people who don't and they just keep repeating the cycles. And I know because I hear from them later on, like, oh, I should have signed up six months ago or a year ago or two years ago or whatever. So I get it because I used to do it. So I know what it's like. And it really does affect all parts of your life. What if you should be doing something different as far as work goes? You know, you don't want to get to be 80 and going, wow, I never had a fulfilling career. I never had fulfilling time. I was never happy going to work every day. And that's where I spent most of my life, right? Yeah, that costs you in every way. Call to action. Keep look, excuse me. Keep letting insecure attachment bullshit cost you time, money, well-being, and opportunities, or start taking courageous action in your work now. Why is this important? Well, you have elusive goals, either emotionally, mentally, or financially. Isn't it important to not be stuck going in circles and not getting to the elusive goals? And maybe you don't even know what your goals are. You just know you don't want to be where you are in your job or your business or your career. You just don't want to be there. But you're going in circles because you really don't know how to set the goal because you've never done it. You've just kind of fallen into it. A lot of people with insecure attachment issues have just kind of fallen into things, right? I'm not saying other people don't, but it's it's a lot of that. And others that are insecurely attached and are avoidants and are totally in their heads, they've got multiple degrees. <laughs> I mean, I kind of laugh, but it's true. I mean, I've had clients where they've had like three or four degrees and they think getting another one's going to solve their problem, right? And it doesn't, by the way. So the deal is it's important to live your life and have a goal that feels good. But you first got to learn how to feel good. You want to look at how can my work life be different? Isn't it important to be able to not come from overwhelmed fear and worry and actually get raises, promotions, and opportunities without any kind of fucking struggle? Yes. Not taking things personally and feeling a sense of ease at work can also allow you to plan on your goals and have them be meaningful too because meaningful's where it's at, guys. We don't know how long we're on this planet. It's not that long anyways, even if you live to be 100. That's not a long time. So don't you want to spend it doing something meaningful for you? I do, and that's why I do what I do. But I know what you're thinking. I'm different. No one really gets me, and this is what... And that is why I do what I do, or I'm a leader and I'm successful and I'm afraid to change how others see me, or I'm so angry and there's no way I'm letting my guard down so others take advantage. I'm smart and I can do it all. Well, that sounds heavy and a way to live, which never allows you to trust and chill. You don't believe in abundance because that is a scarcity mindset. Yeah. So you want to change it or you're going to stay in this pattern. Really, you are. So what are some tips? Well, if you're overwhelmed, dig deep into the feeling of fear you have. What are you afraid of losing? And this is just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different things. And they're just, there's so much I could tell you, but I'm just giving you some tips to give you one starting point. This is not taking you all the way through any process, just giving you that right now, all right? So if you're overwhelmed, you dig deep into the feeling of fear you have. What are you afraid of losing? Anything from a job to a client to how you think others perceive you? What is that fear of loss and why is it so important? Do you feel there is nothing else? Feel deeply. Don't think it. Feel it. Okay, the next one. If you feel you cannot leave your dysfunctional works, workplace, you need to work on your attachment issues. You need to look at why you feel you deserve this kind of hell. Just like the same thing when you're in an abusive relationship. Okay, so just look at it that way. 
If you're constantly distracting and you feel unfulfilled, you need to look at what you're waiting for that will give you permission to expect better for yourself, from yourself. Meaning, don't be perfect, but to actually look at the ways you sabotage yourself instead. You're doing something which goes against what it is you really want, so look for it. It's deep inside and it's covert. You can't really see it, okay? Learn how to say no and deal with your feelings. Start small, okay? Seriously, start small. It's the way to go. The next one, the real work is working with someone like me to break these beliefs down and patterns permanently so you no longer have a cost when it comes to your pocketbook and where you spend the majority of your time being in your career. Even having employees that have insecure attachment issues, that doesn't ever help you, by the way, if they are not dealing with their emotional bullshit, okay? Just look at it that way as well. You want everybody to be functioning with secure attachment in a business. And that means both feet committed and in. Most people have one foot in the door and one foot out the door at their job. Or some people are super comfortable and they're not progressing and they're staying stuck because they know it and it's familiar, right? So the real work, again, is to do that. And it is to look at what you can't see inside of you. That is why you get someone like me who can help you to get through to your subconscious beliefs and change your life. All right. Do not shy away, though, from confrontation. Don't hide. This is a second to last tip, by the way. Don't hide. Allow yourself to stand still. Put both feet in wherever you are and be open. See how you feel when you read the email or you hear something from someone that usually makes you run away in fear or avoid in fear. What is it? Be curious. Get to know yourself and what triggers you and why. Lastly, there's more, but this is already way fucking too long. So call me for a discovery session if you want to change this. Call to action. Keep letting insecure attachment bullshit cost you time, money, well-being, and opportunities, or start taking courageous action in your work now. You have a universal right. You have the right to stay stuck with attachment issues affecting your career goals, or you can start to check out what you do and change it. It takes courage and vulnerability. But if you want the golden goose, there is a better way. Two related podcasts, okay? I love both of these. Number 383, journey of attachment. Change your story, change your life. Number 364, please go fuck up your life. I love that one because it's true. Go fuck up your life, okay? <laughs> All right, you got questions? Podcast at tracycrossley.com is where you can email them. I just might answer that on my Facebook Live. That's every Thursday. Hey, my Facebook page is really pretty happening, okay? You should go there and visit it. It's facebook.com slash transformative coach. I post a lot of stuff on there. It is always busy. There is a lot of feedback and a lot of people commenting and there's a lot of information. So I wouldn't want to miss it, especially if you're knee deep in your own bullshit. Okay. I know I was for many, many years. Oh my God. And again, need help. Happiness at tracycrossley.com. All right, you guys, you take care and I will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Questions about today's show? Reach out to Tracy at info at tracycrossley.com. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave a five-star rating for the show so it can be heard by more people. For all things Tracy, check out tracycrossley.com.